This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. Welcome everyone. I hope everyone here had a very meaningful and enjoyable Purim. It's a pleasure to be here and to continue our work in terms of helping all of Cholesterol date properly and effectively. My name is Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohen. Um, before I start tonight's lecture, I want to first point out to everyone out there in the U.S., in Europe, and abroad about a wonderful platform, about a wonderful website called Partners in Shaduchim. It's a great platform where you can go on and make a profile for yourself or you can make a profile for a friend or you can view profiles for people that you feel could be your soulmate. And if you need a Shadchan, you can reach out to me. I work with Partners in Shaduchim with there's other Shadchanim that work for them as well. It's, you can customize a search. It's amazing. I use it myself when I deal with many of my clients. So uh, I would strongly suggest anyone out, everyone out there, go to this website, Partners in Shaduchim. It's a tremendous, tremendous platform, a huge, incredible tool to help you find your Bashar, to help someone you know find their Bashar. As well, anyone out there in the world who could use my help and in, in assistance in dating training, uh, in Shaduchim, in uh, consultations on how to prepare for dating or how to pro- properly learn how to uh, create the right conversation for dating or any types of areas needed for assistance needed for Shalom Bias, you can reach out to me at drjackdating.com. That's fine. Okay, so um, I'd like to discuss tonight what to look for when you're dating, and you can use this material also when you're married. It's very effective. A person who's not religious comes home from Israel with a silver mezuzah as a gift for his rabbi from Israel. The rabbi looking at it realizes there's no cloth inside. Now is the mezuzah any good if there's no cloth or there's no parchment inside? It's worthless. It's not the, it's not the gorgeous silver or the gold that matters, it's what's inside. So the rabbi cannot believe that the rich man would buy a mezuzah without a parchment or cloth inside. So he says to the wealthy man, did the mezuzah come with anything else? And the rich man responded, yes, he came with instructions inside. But since I know, Rabbi, you know what you're doing, and you would know how to use it, I just decided to throw it out. He threw out the instructions. Pretty smart, right? This man thought that the beautiful covering was all that mattered at the mezuzah. He didn't realize that the value was the scroll with the words of Torah. That's what matters. And what's the lesson here? When you go out and you're dating, and you're checking out someone for marriage, just don't look at the silver covering. Determine if the person's character is silver, if the person's character is gold. There's a midrash of a woman who dresses as a cat in her apron and teaches the cat how to serve. She invites her friends and the cat serves beautifully until the mouse comes along. Hi. Right? Then the cat acted like its natural self and chased the mouse. You can't change a person's nature. Don't get fooled by the outside. Your job when you date is to find out what the person is like on the inside. There was a woman who divorced a congressman and married a person who was a garbage man. Her friends were shocked. She said, it's not what he does, it's what he is. I just had this a fight with a girl on, the, on a WhatsApp. Right? She's divorced. She's 35 years old. I presented her with a shidduch. And the guy, okay, he owns a hair salon. But he makes a lot of money. And she comes back to me. And she's divorced. And he's divorced. And I felt that was a very good match. 
I want a professional. I said to her, he has Yerat Shemaim. He learns every day for an hour and a half. He's a good man. What are you worried about if he's a professional or not? And she comes, writes me back a WhatsApp, you're talking down to me. I said, I'm not talking down to you. If I did, I, I, please accept my apologies. It's not about connecting just because the guy has a, has a certificate. Perhaps I could introduce you to one of my clients who's an anesthesiologist who came home to find her emergency physician, medicine, uh, physician husband in, in, in bed with a, with a shikta. Does that mean that because he has a professional degree that he has good midot? No, it means nothing. You should check him out to see if he's intellectually compatible, yes. But just as they say, I won't date anyone that doesn't have a college degree, is ridiculous. There are plenty of guys making tons of money that are selling on Amazon, etc., and can provide for the family very nicely. So don't go ahead and make these misconceptions that the person has to have that kind of a standard, because you don't know. Look, if you, have, if you want any kind of uh, proof to that effect, we here in the Sephardic community in Brooklyn have many multi-millionaires who never spent one day in college. And they make more in a week than most college graduates make in their lifetimes. So, you have to evaluate the person for years. Remember, everyone runs away after the wedding. You're the only one who will live with the person that you're dating. If, the, if you two were the only people in the world, and you didn't have to consider other people's opinions, ask yourself this question, do you want to be with him? Do you want to be with her? If a boy or girl is not right for your friend, it doesn't mean they're not right for you. Sometimes they're not right for you. So maybe suggest it to someone else that you know. Many marriages happen like this. Where A goes out with B, and B says not for me, and they turns them on to C, and Baruch Hashem, presto, we have an engagement. Open up your mind. Open up your horizons for other people. Look into each person for yourself. Okay, it's important to love the person as they are. That's very, very true. You can't count on changing someone. However, you can influence a person to grow if they're bright, flexible, and want to make you happy. I want to tell you something. That in the last 48 hours, I have two clients that called me with problems. Both of them are dating girls that are significantly overweight. And they don't know what to do. (laughs) So, (laughs) not an easy situation. Try, Try to tell a girl that she needs to lose weight. Not so simple. And both guys have the right idea in mind. They said, you know what, she's heavy now. What's going to happen when she has babies? She's going to double in size. So one guy came up with a very interesting theory, and I liked it. He he told her, you know what, I want to be able to be attracted to you and not have to look at other women. So that's why it's important for me you should lose weight. I said, Moshe, brilliant. That's a great line. Use it. Anyway, if you need to have someone the way you want them, that you have to get it the way right in dating. Don't expect to propel your problems or an issue into the future. Fix it now. Like I always tell people, marriage won't make problems go away. Marriage will only exacerbate the problem, make it worse. So you can have issues that you're not happy with. That's okay. But get it right now while you're dating. Don't wait until you're married where you're going to think that you'll deal with it then. That's not a good idea. You can't count on, on people changing later. But you can influence someone now if they're bright, flexible, and they want to make you happy. You must also be flexible. You don't have to change your beliefs or ideals, but in life and marriage, there are many areas that need to be worked through. Don't marry someone feeling you're going to remodel them, though people do grow and mature. However, don't only look at what a person is right now, you've got to look at the potential. Oftentimes, when I set people up, I tell them, I like where this person is headed. 
I've spoken to them several times, three hours, four hours, six hours, and they're going in a good direction. Look for someone who's going in a good direction, going up, not going down. Rav Moshe Feinstein, his wife tells a very interesting story. Before she was engaged, she was concerned that she was taller than him by about four inches. Her father said to her, one day, he'll be much taller than everyone. Height is not only measured in feet and inches. Brilliant comment. Knowing how to judge a person's potential is crucial. Dina said, when I met my husband, he was serious, focusing on certain things. I knew if I could become one of those certain things, he could focus on me, I would have him as a husband. So I worked on getting him to like me, and now I'm his main focus. He's a totally devoted husband. You could do so much when you're dating. It's all about education. The more you're educated, the more you come to classes like this, the more you look at online, the shiurim that I have, by the way, a plug for the shiurim, there's 357 dating classes as of tonight on my profile on TorahAnytime.com. That is, Baruch Hashem, a serious accomplishment. There's so much you could learn if you go to TorahAnytime.com and just search Dr. Jack Cohen. The more you know, the more you can direct your dating to where you want it to go. It's essential to know what to look for in a spouse. Look for someone who's loving, who's compassionate, warm and understanding, who's sensitive, who's tuned in, who gets you, who's honest and giving. It's nice to be with someone who shares your interests, appreciates your sense of humor, and has a pleasant sense of humor with you and joy. I'll give you a story. I have a client who was sent to me by his mother. She gave him $100 yesterday to give as a Mishloach Manos to his Chavrusa and Yeshiva. She called the Chavrusa and, and said, Did, uh, have a seat. Did Shlaimi just change your name? Sorry, not parked because I, I don't want to get a ticket unless you pay my ticket. I parked my hydrant. Let me look for parking. We're in the middle of a tape. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. So, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, so she called the Chavrusa. Did, did Shlaimi come over? No. And she says, you know, Dr. Cohen, she says, I had the phone, I had the mother on the phone. I'm nosy. And I decided to check his stuff, and I found the envelope with the $100, and he told me he went. So we have an honesty issue here. You have an honesty issue. So, is the guy, is the girl honest? It's nice to be with someone who shares your interests, who appreciates your jokes and sense of humor, and has a pleasant sense of humor which you enjoy. It's wonderful to share your life with someone who's bright, who you respect, who you like talking to, and you like doing things with. It's essential to be with someone who's at the same place religiously. That's very true. I was at a, I was at a Shabbaton for singles, and a woman who's frustrated, who lives on the Upper West Side, is telling me about it. She's going out with a guy, totally not religious. She's going to shul on Shabbos. He's getting into his car to go have his tennis game. So I said to her, what are you thinking? What's going to happen when you're married? I have a same case, same case like this now with the Shalom Bias issue that I'm handling on the West Coast. She walks 2.3 miles to get to shul on Shabbat. He hops into his car and shows up 10 minutes before Kiddush to enjoy the Kiddush. And we have a horrible situation going on right now. In this particular home, the police have been called in 8 to 10 times to break up fights between two 14-year-old twins. Not two boys and not two girls. A boy and, a, and his twin sister. The, p- the police have been called in at least ten times. This is where you, what happens when you have a dichotomy in religion. It doesn't go. So you have to ensure 
that the person is on your level religiously. Let me add a caveat to that. I love it when the girl is a little bit more religious than the guy. Because she can bring up the guy. Forget about bringing a girl up if you're more religious than her. Don't even go there. It's very hard. Could happen, but I wouldn't put my, my, my last dollar on it. And it's, it's much better when the girl is more religious because she's the Ekeret Habayit. You know, it says, Beto ze ishto, the home, his home is his wife. She controls everything. She said, honey, do me a favor. I, I want you to go to shul. I want you to go start learning. I want you to go to shiur. He'll listen to her. It's important. Okay, next. The transition to married life is easier when you and your spouse come from similar backgrounds and have similar hopes for your life. I'm not chas shalom in any way looking at any specific uh, categories here. But i got to tell you a story of a client who walked in, who's Bukharian, who married a Persian. It was a nightmare. I'm not saying it can't be done. But we have a concept called kol nin limino. Everyone to its kind. When you have different backgrounds and different cultures, you're going to have to work much harder. In this particular case, the father-in-law threw him out, the police came, it was a nightmare. This is fresh off the press, three days ago. Okay? So, I'm not saying it can't be done, and I don't mean chas v'shalom to look at it, it could happen to any cultural background. But the point is, you try to stay as close as possible to your background so that you limit the amount that the Yetzirah can create problems. He has an easy enough time to create fights between man and woman. When the cultures are different, now we have jokes that are different, food that's different, mannerisms that are different, behavior patterns that are different. You've got to work a lot harder. Does that mean that a Yemenite cannot marry a Polish person? No, it doesn't mean that. It can happen. But you have to work a lot harder now to ensure Shalom bias and to work for it. Okay, next. Family. Are the members close, caring, well-liked? How is the parent's relationship? How many members are in the family? Where does this person fall in the family? Is he or she number two, number five, number seven? Who are the brothers and sisters? Who did they marry? All important questions. And find out if there's shalom bias in the siblings' marriages. Is the family prominent or low-keyed? Are they showy and show-offs or humble? Is there divorce or illness in the family? I got a phone call tonight from a guy who calls me. He's, kind of, he's trying to get married. He's having a hard time getting married. He said, he just broke up with a girl after four dates. He says, don't tell this to anyone. But She comes from a divorced home. I know the home. But what I didn't know is that the mother's two brothers and one sister are all divorced also. So you got to look for these patterns. And you gotta, you gotta do your homework. I'm not saying again, this is not a, a black and white issue. You say, okay, don't marry someone who comes from a divorced home. That is not what I said. I'm simply saying, look for patterns. Look to see if this exists there, as we say in medicine, pre-existing conditions. Right? Let me just get some water. This is what happens when you drink too much wine on Purim. You dehydrate. But it was worth it. Anyway, okay. So, okay, here we go. Okay, good. Because you want your wife or husband to be compatible with your family. Your relationship with everyone around you is affected by who you marry. If they don't like him and they don't like her, guess what? That's going to cause you to become less and less close with your family. As that person is going to tear you away. It happens all the time. I see it with clients all the time. Again, anyone who needs me, I forgot to mention my number. It's 305 305- 206-1916. Okay, now, because I know people asked me before. Okay, um, 
Yichus, their origins, again, we spoke about this already, Sephardic, Yeki, Hungarian, Polish, etc., Russian. Social and economic status. People don't have to marry someone with their own economic class, but it's important to be aware of the differences. A, a rich girl may not be comfortable married to a boy who can't treat her in the style she's accustomed to. My Rebbe, Ravik de Miller, told us all the time, be careful if you marry into money. You have to know she's used to certain creature comforts in life. It's not to say you should not marry into money, but know that you can handle that. This does not mean he can't, she can't adjust to having less, but it's another challenge. And if she's used to certain things, we live in a sort of materialistic society, and people have a hard time parting with their, with their, you know, their, the, the, pinukim, as we say in Hebrew, their comforts. Okay, religious status. What's the level of the religious observance? It's too important to ignore. Is that person from, from birth or Baal Tshuva? Are they involved in Kiruv? Personality. What type of personality does he have? What type of personality does she have? Are they sweet and giving? Or are they tough and self-centered? Dominating. Hard types. Sensitive or indifferent? Relaxed or intense? Optimistic or negative? You've got to figure this out while you date. How often I've told the story of a girl who sat in front of me, a Brooklyn girl, a Sephardic girl, who went out with a guy 36 times and had no clue what he was like. I said, what did you speak about for four and a half months? When I did a top 10 list for her, I showed her how to do a top 10 list of what we need in a guide, which is to me the most critical area. You've got to create a top 10 needs list of what you need. It turned out he had nothing that she needed. She broke up with him two days after. Determine if this person is truly ready for marriage and its responsibilities. I'm going to tell you a very interesting story that I didn't know. I set up a couple, and the Lavort was supposed to be two Sundays ago. He didn't show up to Lavort. He had a last minute. He started asking questions that you should have asked the date number one. So I called him up and I said, listen, let's get this together now. You're supposed to be getting engaged in two hours. What's the problem? And he wasn't, he had, he was, it turned out that there was a history there that he had also come close several other times. So, Hashem, this time I said to him, no, no, you're not running away on this one. We checked this out. I was with you all the way. This was the right girl, Baruch Hashem. They got engaged the following night. They kept the dining room as is and just tried it again. So, make sure that the person is ready. Okay. Oh, here's a biggie. Look for a person who does chesed as part of their makeup. To me, that's ikari karim. Does the person do chesed? Frankly, you don't have to look too far. Where do we see this paradigm? The first ever shidduch was Eliezer, Eved Avraham. He went to look for a wife for Yitzchak Avinu. Now, what did he do? He created a test based on chesed. Right? Even when the water came up to greet her, the water came up miraculously, let's say, 100 feet from below the ground, all the way up to the top of the well. He wasn't impressed. Sorry. I'm not interested in miracles. Miracles, I see them all day long by Avraham Avinu's tent. I'm no, I have no shortage of miracles. I came here looking for chesed. If, I, if she does what, and what I stipulated that Hashem should show me that she's supposed to do, she's in. Otherwise, she's out. So chesed is key. Does the person do chesed? Do they volunteer? Do they help out in Bekucholim? Do they help pack Tom Cheshabbos? Do they help deliver Tom Cheshabbos? Does she help an elderly neighbor? Does she go and act as a mother's helper after school to a woman that has six or seven kids and whose husband's in Kolel? 
That, that's what I'm looking for. Does he help? Does he give tzedakah? How does he act towards a person on the street who's a beggar? Does he contemptuously tell him, get lost? Or say, I'm sorry, I don't have money now, but I feel bad. Look at their way that they deal with people. That's critical. Do they open doors for the elderly? Do they give up their seats on a bus for another person who's standing? Do they volunteer at a nursing home or a hospital? I don't know if I do that these days, but at least after this coronavirus thing uh, leaves us, Bezat Hashem, quickly. Others go about their own self-centered lives. They're not interested in helping anyone else. These are things you have to be looking for. And one of the questions that you should be asking on dating is, are you involved in any kind of chesed? Many people work on themselves to be more chesed conscious. Key. It's wise to choose a person who's flexible. Especially, I tell this to the girls. I always tell the girls, when you're dating, there are three signs that I want you to look for in a man. Kasan, Kaptan, and Kamsan. When my three daughters who are married now were going out, I said, girls, these are the three areas that I want you to test them on. Kasan, does he have an anger issue? Kamsan, is he cheap, not generous? And, and Kaptan, is he inflexible? These are the three very, very big red flags in guys. That if you see any kind of hint, run away like you run away from cancer. Because they're all stand, you know, measures of Gehenna. Okay. Most people want someone who will be their best friend. Someone who's able to be energetic and fun, mature and responsible. A responsible person. Hi, Shimshon. I mean, mature, responsible, a responsible person. You know what? He doesn't, he or she doesn't measure every time they do something, that you do something for them, that they have to now do it back for you. It's not tit for tat. Love is unconditional. And is not measured and weighed. Attraction. The big one. It's not important to marry someone brilliant, handsome, gorgeous, or super talented. It's important to marry someone you're attracted to, who's smart enough to meet your needs and whose looks appeal to you. A happy disposition makes people appealing, whether they are good looking or not. Learn how to smile. I tell often my clients who don't smile, when you go home, close the door of your bedroom, look at the mirror, and smile for me 50 times every day until it becomes your unconditional way of looking. That's what you have to do. A smile is an amazing thing. Someone advised not to marry someone who thinks their mother always looks perfect. You'll never be able to live up to her because they're not being realistic. Okay, now, intellect. It includes their level of Torah learning for the boys in addition to their secular learning and street smarts. Goals or ambitions? Is he an earner as a boy? Is he a learner? Or is he a combination? A person's goals and dreams, their hashkafa and their plans for the way they hope to work, learn and live and raise a family are very critical parts of the equation when you're thinking about the person that you're dating. Is he a Baal Aliyah? We spoke about this. Are they growing? That's very important. Are they moving upward? Are they trying to make more of themselves? What's this world about? That you Imagine you're, you're like Play-Doh. Hashem puts you into this world. Your job is to form yourself into something in this world. You were born with imperfections, and your job is to seek perfection or as get as close as you can as you can to that. Does the person that you date use their time well? Or did they waste time? Here's a beauty. When I was doing a resume with one of my clients, I said, 
I'd like to write down what you like to do for your spare time, recreation. So some people tell me travel, others tell me go out on, you know, go out with friends for dinner, others tell me they enjoy music, working out. This one wrote, my hobby I spend with my video games. I said, I don't know if I want to write that on your resume. That's what you do for two, three hours at a shot, wasting time on video games? So look into, look into and see how they spend their time. Is that a Baal Aliyah? I don't know, I suspect not. Okay, now, couples should share the same goals of raising and providing for their family. Ah, I have a client who lives, she doesn't care if I tell you, she lives in Antwerp, Belgium. Her husband, her former husband, who she was married to like eight months, ran up a $180,000 bill on her credit card because he had to get away every second Shabbos to a hotel. So if you people have, if the man and woman have very discreet differences of how they want to live life financially, you better clear it while you're dating. It's fine for each person to succeed in the business world with the man entering finance and the woman practicing law as long as they respect each other's goals. Often people focusing on their individual goals veer off, each one going their way. Don't get so involved in your work that you lose focus about making sure your mind is mentally tuned in to your marriage. Now, always focus on the total person. A woman wrote, my fiancé is losing his hair, but he's warm and sensitive. He's not book smart, but he has unbelievable street smarts. It's not about one specific area. It's the whole profile you should be evaluating. Or someone wrote about a girl, she's never on time. When she does show up, it's lovely to be with her. Don't ever fool yourself into thinking there's a person out there without some type of fault or issue. No such thing. The perfect human being hasn't been created yet. A girl and boy see each other and are attracted to one another. Do they talk? No, they go home and research the other one. If the boy is nice, sweet, and smart, but not brilliant or well-off, the girl may be unwilling to date him, unaware that his sweetness and warmth can compensate for the absence of the other qualities. That's why you need a top 10 needs list. The top 10 needs list is when you go out, you're looking at the person that you're dating to see if 6 out of 10 of my needs are met. So for a girl, she could put on there, like we wrote, has a Rebbe, is growing spiritually, is emotionally capable and stable, he's generous, he's flexible, he doesn't have anger issues, he has a Panasa plan, he's respectful, he's kind, he's warm, he's loyal, right? And then, when you go on a date, if you meet six out of those ten things, and you see things that are negative, if it doesn't bother you too much, it's a go, because you met most of your needs. However, if there's something that really, really annoys you, even though you see many of your top 10 items that are met, you'd have to speak to someone like myself or Rav to see if there's something you can get beyond. Sometimes the personality can compensate for the mediocre looks. Oftentimes, they're liking the person, but they're not into the physical looks. They'll tell me that, yeah, we have great conversation, and we have great dates, I'm just not into the looks. I say, if you keep going out, oftentimes that problem goes away. As you get connected more deeply, then you're, you won't be so fussy on the physical looks. There's no rule to determine who's right for you. If you're quiet, should you marry a quiet or loud person? So I happen to be, my, my rule of thumb is I like opposites attract. 
Because if we're both the same, then we have nothing unique about that's different about each other. So I like to see one quieter person and one more talkative person. I like this. Like my rule is, I don't want two pussycats in the room, nor two tigers. One and one. A common misconception is thinking the person you marry must fulfill every one of your needs. That's not true. They don't take the place of everyone else in your life. Your wife or husband is an addition, but not a replacement. If your husband doesn't make you laugh all the time, but your brother is the comedian galore, you can still call your brother and get a good joke out of him. Your husband's job is not to replace your brother. If your wife doesn't love to play sports with you, you can still play sports with your father or your sister. However, it's crucial that you determine which one of your needs your wife must meet or your husband must meet. What are your non-negotiables? And again, talk it over with a dating mentor and a dating coach or a rough to see if it's a realistic requirement. Marry someone who loves and appreciates what and who you are. They should like you for who you are. It's better to marry less of a person who appreciates you more than more of a person who appreciates you less. Rav Gamil Gabrinovich was a tzaddik who said that if you daven three times a day with a minion, you won't get coronavirus. Anyway, he says something very nice. He says, marry down. Marry someone who wants you. Marry a person who wants you. And so who, care, who wants to be married to you. Don't marry someone you're chasing that doesn't want you like you want them. It's a very important rule. They should want you. People can be defined by their bad habits. Does he drive too fast and out of control? Watch how he drives. If he's reckless, we're not saying it's an off, it's a no-go for the shidduch, but that could mean that he has a dominating, reckless personality. Does he scream at other people on the road? Does he cut people off on the road? Does he smoke or drink too much? Even at Tzibchas, a person should not lose his control over this area. Does she get furious if the person shows up late and she can't control her temper? Is she a sore loser? Does she cheat? A person can marry different types of people. The direction your life takes a lot takes has a lot to do with who you marry. That's so true. Who you marry will define where you go in life. How much you accomplish. What you do with your talents and your abilities. So you're looking for an individual who will help you maximize your potential in this world. After all, Hashem put us here to accomplish for Him. You know the famous story. Rav Chaim of Brisk. The Briskarov was in an inn. And he encountered another fellow guest in the inn. He says, what are you? He says, I'm a lawyer. The rabbi asked the question again. What are you? The man answered again, the same question. I'm a lawyer. Same thing, third time. The rabbi says, what are you? I'm a lawyer. Then the man turns to the rabbi, are your ears okay? I said, I'm a lawyer. So the rabbi says, no, I was waiting for a different answer. Not that you're a lawyer. You're a Jew who practices law. First and foremost, you're a Jew. You were put down here to be a good Jew. What you do for a living doesn't define who you are. Right? There are great carpenters and who are great Jews, and there are miserable doctors who are horrible Jews. I went to medical school. I can tell you about a bunch of them. Understand? So it doesn't define what you are. You can be a mean, terrible human being with great degrees, and you could be a simple person who Hashem loves. 
The famous story in the Gemara about the rabbi, the Tana, who fell asleep and went to heaven. He said, what did you see there? I saw a, a, an opposite world. That the people who got honor in this world, getting zero honor up there. And the people that people stepped on over there are kings. So watch, this is a world that oftentimes, this is Olam Dimyon. This is the world of, of a fake, fake fantasy and non, non-reality. Okay, now. How do you feel when you're around that this person? That's a very important question. They may be special, but do they make you feel special when you're with them? Do they talk down to you? I had a girl, a Beis Yaakov girl, come in four months ago, after the engagement. I don't like your skirt, he tells her. You're wearing those earrings again? Constantly putting her down. Made her feel like two cents. Broken engagement. Are you in his shadow as an individual? You may, be, you may like him, but do you like yourself when you're with him? Good question. Does he or she make you feel good about yourself or bad about yourself? Are they constantly complaining or criticizing you? He may be cute, but do you feel cute when you're around him? She may be smart, but do you feel smart around her? She may be constantly putting you down. She may be great, but do you feel great around her? Or do you feel like to constantly pretend to be someone you're not? just to be able to impress them. One of the most important elements in a relationship is feeling comfortable and being able to act yourself with that person. You must feel that they value your opinion and appreciate your special qualities, such as your sense of humor, your intuition, your great patience, your ability to... It's exactly what I spoke about before, Rogamli Rabinovich. Make sure that you marry someone who wants you, who appreciates you. You want someone who who knows and likes the real you, not someone you're pretending to be. The right choice shapes the rest of your life, as well as your development into a wife, husband, friend, daughter, son, community worker. A person with a spouse who encourages and supports him becomes a better, better in every aspect of life. Because that person, your spouse, will make you into a great person if they encourage you, if they motivate you. A nice spouse makes you nice. A mean spouse makes you frustrated, angry, insecure, and unsure. Don't marry someone who's hung up on themselves. Marry someone who knows how to love, how to be sacrificing, how to be supportive, and put you first. If both people put their other needs first, both will like each other and themselves, and both will blossom and thrive. You know, that my background and training was in orthopedic surgery and sports medicine. For several years ago, I had the pleasure of inventing a line of art supports that I presented to the buyer at Walgreens, who was himself a non-Jew. He was a six-foot-two Irish man by the name of Rob McGabe. So he asked me a question. How come I never can get you on the phone 9 to 12? Because I taught in yeshiva half a day and I would work half a day. I said to him, because I teach in a Jewish center of higher education. I explained to him what a yeshiva is. So he says to me, what do you teach? So I said to him, I teach young men how to treat their, their wives properly. He says, you know, we have to close up the meeting, but can we hear your elevated pitch? Teach us something that you teach them. And guess what? Not just then I have him in the audience, but I had four waspy secretaries. And everyone's like all ears now. So I looked at the sky, I said, Hashem, you better come through now. What am I going to tell these people? And then Hashem puts idea into my head. Rob, and your secretaries, I'm going to teach you something that I teach my, my boys. But the same thing can go for the girls as well. Treat your spouse as, I said to him, I'm going to teach you two words in Hebrew. Makom lishon. First place. If your wife feels that she's first place, if your husband feels that they're first place, you're in. You're guaranteed a fantastic marriage. 
Makom Rishon. But if you feel you're at the very bottom of the ladder and their priority list, you got troubles. Okay, so that's key. A girl's husband often becomes her mirror. She sees herself through his eyes. A girl can become anorexic because their husbands make them feel fat, though they're not fat. I once met a girl who stayed thin. She said, it's because my husband cares. He'd kill me if I gained an ounce. That's what the girl said. Larry was engaged to a gorgeous girl. He thought she looked fine, but not exceptionally pretty. As others thought, she will need a lot of self-confidence because she won't, he won't make her feel beautiful. The job of the spouse is to make the other person feel great and to compliment them. Don't make excuses. Don't think you can live with or change the things that bother you. Perhaps you can, but before you commit to marriage, test it. Give it some time going through different situations. I have a guy like this tonight. He's not sure. He's been going out with someone. It's been eight times. He's going to take about 10 days off to think about it because something's bothering him about the girl. We're going to revisit it next week to see how he's feeling about it. Now, girls may chase and get the boy they worship, but when the thrill of having gotten him wears off, they feel something is lacking with the guy. Instead of feeling a sense of delight, they feel insecure and inadequate. Because they were trying to impress the other person's needs, they didn't take into consideration that the person possibly was not right for them. Why? I spoke about this last month at Shabbos at a big event for Yachad, and the topic was the Yenta trap, trying to impress others, and making your decision based on what others have to say on Ocean Parkway or Fifth Avenue or Queens Boulevard. It's not. They're not living with them. The Yentas are not living with your husband or wife. You are. Don't let the Yentas decide for you what's right and what's wrong. Make sure you do due diligence and search well. You're picking a partner. You must be careful that you're picking someone with common goals, dreams, and visions. You'll share the good times, but guess what? Make sure that the person that you're living with has depth, because there's going to be some bad times. You know? Cherries don't come without the pits. Lots of issues develop throughout life. Even the most compatible couples will deal with issues. For example, should we be strict with the kids? Should we be lenient with the kids? Should we stay in a small house when it's crowded? Or move to a more spacious home, but we'll have more financial pressure? Should we go to our relatives who are not feeling well? Or my relatives who haven't seen us in some time? Can you make some of these decisions before you're married? Can you make a list of the problems that may arise, seeing if you can agree on the solutions? When you date, is the time to test the car. Time is the best answer. Spend enough time when you're dating to truly get to know the person. Evaluate how they handle different situations. See how they dealt with their pressures in their home. How they deal with pressures at work or at school. Make sure you can communicate well. That you can talk openly, honestly and candidly. Your answer should be what you want to say, not what they want to hear. Get to know the person's true character. You can't imagine all the challenges life will hand you. But if you know each other well enough, you can deduce how they react in other situations. You can't predict every possible situation that's going to come. But if you date long enough, you'll see enough of the individual that you can basically determine how they'll act in the future. And you'll get that good gut feeling that this person is right for you. Be aware that people are nervous on dates. Isaac was pulling a door that said, push. And Wendy thought, what's with this boy? Why can't he get into the restaurant? Then she realized that guy's nervous. 
eventually he became more comfortable and they got married. Be aware that people's good qualities can also have negative side to them. An aggressive person may be great as a businessman, but that person can have a mean, biting tongue that can cut you down because he knows how to cut the business deal. How is he at home? That's the big question. A soft, quiet person may be easy to live with, but he may not be the most successful guy out there in business. Know your needs. What's important to you? Get to sit with yourself and ask yourself what you need. Do you need an attentive person? Do you need someone who will give you a financially secure life? Or do you need a combination of both qualities? Even the right person will have things about them that will bother you. Some things can be changed. Some tolerated, some ignored, some overlooked. And some will disturb you all your life. But you accept it as part of the package. You know what we say? Choose your love and then love your choice. That's it. Once you make the choice, then you have to love it. One rabbi keeps a list of the things he loves about his wife. Every time she does something special, he records it. When she does something that annoys him, he glances at his list and remembers why he loves her. This keeps him right, nicely balanced. So he never allows his Yetzirah to start thinking bad thoughts about his wife. Define what bothers you and see if you can handle it over a lifetime. Is it worth giving up a wonderful boy or girl because sometimes they're sloppy or late? Is it worth giving up someone who seems great, is good looking, learned, bright, successful and charming, yet sometimes acts mean or belittles you, embarrasses you in public? You have to check that out. Shimmy dated two girls, Frida and, and, and someone's friend, seriously. Telling Frida he'd be out of town for the weekend, Shimmy would date the sister's friend. Because this happened quite a few times, it was determined that the guy was, you know, double dipping. And they both broke up with him. So be careful for people like that, serial daters. Watch out. Consider what a person is today and what their growth potential is about. If a person has a history of which they're not proud but has improved and made something of themselves, and has matured and grown in Torah and Midos, give them credit and accept them for what they have to become. I had this issue recently of a guy who got divorced 16 years ago. And the references were calling the person who wrote the get. Of course he didn't have nice things to say about him, because he remembers only the, the concerns and the criticisms that the wife had. But I know that the guy changed a lot. And I said, it's not fair to judge someone based on what they were like 15 or 16 years ago. He's since changed a lot, and he made a lot of, and he made himself into a different person. Evaluate the person now, because we all change. Aren't we always in process of some sort of tshuva? Michael was a rebel in high school, but grew into an outstanding young man, steeped in learning and pursuing a fine career. How many people do I know that went to co-ed schools, co-ed high schools, that are brilliant Tamilichachamim today? You're going to base it on what they were like in high school? Rivka refused to date, saying he'd know, she'd known him in high school. She focused only on his past and not on the outstanding individual he had become. Chana married him, and as a husband, who would make anyone proud. Don't marry for money. It's cheaper to borrow money. Money doesn't buy happiness. Unfortunately, some people foolishly put money as a priority. One girl only wanted to marry a lawyer. 
She, de- she dated an unrefined boy, and she didn't pay attention because he was a lawyer. When she was introduced to someone who was not yet a professional, she said, he seems fine, but nice, but is he fine? Some people can't go beyond the title. What if a boy or girl has a wonderful reputation, but either their parents are divorced, or they have no yichus, or there was an unfortunate scandal in the family, or the family's poor. Everyone has baggage. Judge a person by getting to know them personally. The majority of children from broken marriages don't want their children hurt as they were, and therefore make good spouses, working at their own marriages. Unfortunately, some children of divorced parents have never seen couples work through difficult situations. That's why statistics show children from divorced families have a higher divorce rate. Determine the kind of parents this individual has, as you would in any other shidduch. Are they each good people who were merely incompatible? you got to do a little homework into the divorce. What's the relationship between the divorced parents and their relationship to their children and their new spouses and families? You can divorce and still be civil with each other. How about a Baal Tshuva? Consider how long a Baal Tshuva has been studying. How advanced is he or she? And how committed are they? When did they become a Baal Tshuva? Is the family supportive or negative of their acquired Judaism? Is there any feeling for Judaism in the family? What are the family's values like? Are they in sync with your own values? I often deal with Baal Tshuva. Many of them have really supportive and wonderful families. Baal Tshuva often work on improving themselves. They are idealistic and often quite bright, accepting Hashem on a very intellectual level. They usually appreciate things people that are from from birth take for granted. As if anything, their idealism, their passion, their davening is very sincere. They enjoy taking on mitzvahs. They love and appreciate the warmth of rabbis and their families. Again, look at the whole individual. That's the key. That's the key. Look at the whole person. But today, I gave you a bit of a glimpse of a lot of different categories you should be looking into, so that when you go and you date, you're educated. You can make a calculated decision. Together with a Rav or a dating mentor, you can put the whole piece together. And Brothers Hashem, we should be able to dance at all of your weddings. Again, anyone who needs to reach out to me to help to get help with the top 10 list from any in the world, or have questions on dating or relationships, to reach out to me at drjackdating.com. Have a wonderful week, and a good Shabbos, and stay healthy. Kol Tuv. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.